straight up the price of admission growth stories life lessons turning points service to others truth no bullshit adding value no smoke and mirrors being the pressure third down and ten fighting below the surface win or learn always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder these are the things that i think about when i talk to this group they're still kindling that fire taken to the fleet and beyond living the values today through faith with the family and at the job obsessed with ownership and accountability winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity pedal to the metal paying the price of admission let's go um so you ready i'm ready man let's do it y'all prepare I'm, I'm ready to go people. getting the getting the seat warmed up big old smile on mike matthew's face um yeah, did you watch well you probably didn't you didn't watch any of the tulsa game yesterday did you I didn't know. Okay, they played pretty, pretty good. Um, it was like a I new mean, team. I, I see the text chat just like everybody else does. Uh, yeah. It, it sounded encouraging. It was. It <laughs> right? was. Yeah. Um, I, I think they, you know, I was joking on it with the, the, the text chat, but I think they've been listening to this podcast, listening to you guys, and they got amped up or something, but it was definitely a different crew. It was awesome. Yeah. Are we rolling right now, by the way? Yeah. We're, we've been rolling okay. since the uh, very beginning. I mean, this oh, is nice. kind of start mode, so. Uh, Got it. Um, Got it. The, and let me give, can I give you an intro? Yeah. You good with that? All right, so intro for Mike Please Matthews. Do. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Mike had, so Mike's another uh, a NAPS guy. Uh, for those that don't know what NAPS is, and we've been saying and slinging that term around, it's the Naval Academy Preparatory School up in Newport, Rhode Island for, you know, uh, people that go to NAPS, are a lot of prior enlisted folks that, you know, have interest in the officer program, they go there, get the grades uh, you know, get back in the routine. Um, also a place for, uh, you know, college athletes or high school athletes to uh, kind of transition into college uh, athletics. Um, so Mike went there with, along with the rest of us. And he, I, I, I will call you stickies. I don't know if you remember that. Mike had the stickies. <laughs> he was a wide receiver. Uh, ne- hardly, like, never dropped a ball, right? Like, Mike was on top of it. Um and, and the, also a guy that knew how to get between from A to B um, in the most efficient way possible. And then we'll cut to C uh, to almost a you know, point of blowing out an ACL. But the guy could sharp turn quicker than anybody else. His uh, uh, comeback routes were unstoppable. Um, you know, that's, that's what I remember about Mike Matthews there. Um, basketball. That was another thing that Mike didn't get to. Highlight so much, uh, except at naps. Like we we played basketball all the time. There's nothing else to do. Uh, Mike was the baller, uh, an oceanography major from Pennsylvania. Um, ran a couple of, you know, questions of pastoral roommates, Jordo. Oh boy. And Cam, he uh, Jordo said, ask Mike why. He always ate all the last of the string cheese and never left any for anybody else. I knew that question was coming up. You knew it, huh? I knew that was coming. Um, it's hilarious you, you say that. Uh, one, thanks for the the intro. I'm sure if, if you're done, I'll, I'll go. Um, well, I'm not completely done. <laughs> we'll yeah, get there. I'll answer the string cheese. That was the running joke in there. Um, I... I probably did eat it, uh, most likely. Uh, to be honest, that is like a mandatory 
purchase item for grocery runs is like, do we have enough string cheese here at the house? Because I do crush string cheese. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was always a running argument of who did it. It was probably me 99% of the time. Um, but knowing Jordo and his devilish ways, he would probably do it and then just point the finger at me, knowing that I was probably going to take the take the brunt of it. Yeah, well, uh, most Cam had the same feedback. He was like, it was like two against one for leftover food and drinks in our room, and Mikey was the one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> easy to blame. Um, but I was always like, I was always the. Jo- I, I wouldn't say I was the, the only jokester. We obviously know Jordo is the funniest dude ever. Um, but we just, I, I always enjoy being kind of the brunt of the jokes. Uh, and I oftentimes put myself in that position to, to be that person, uh, whether it was intentional or not, um, to take it on the chin for, for the room. Um, I, I remember distinctly being like, if something was wrong with the room, just blame me. But the best part was because <laughs> Cam was our, Cam was our roommate. Nobody ever really checked our stuff. Um, yeah. like our room was always, and Jordan told the story about the, the wine and all that kind of stuff, which to clarify was Marshall's wine 99% of the time. But again, I drank a ton of it to Marshall's dismay. He'd be like, come on, man. Like I bought this. Why are you going ham on it? Um, but I believe it was cause, uh, Cam really did have pretty bad restless leg syndrome. Um, sorry, Cam, if I shared something that was personal, but. To give to give him credit, like he a lot of times he was drinking just to like get, let his legs go to sleep, especially after practice and all that stuff. He was like that. What was funny? What he would accompany with it was a, a charcuterie board. He always brought cheese, and he'd have like nice pieces of cheese, and he'd be like, "Would you like a little piece of cheese?" It's hilarious. <laughs> our, I'm sure we'll get into it, but our room uh, that explains his pictures in his uh, wife's book. Yeah, there we go. That we just uncovered uh, something new. Dude, yeah, Cam, Cam's um, passion for cheese was 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 high, uh, and he was very giving and sharing. Maybe not with Jordo. I think Jordo got the short straw, but Jordo was he was gone a lot too. He was also <clears throat> at Catherine's room, I believe, quite a, quite a bit. Gotcha. Well, I'm not trying to to back Mikey into a corner here with your roommates, but because uh, they definitely had some good <laughs> things to say about you, you know, somewhat of the glue of the room. Um, you know, and, and that translates into the team too. You know, your your loyalty factor being extremely high. You know, um, Cam mentioned if if someone's gonna die, like at Dock Street or on Spring Break, uh, you were a bit of a savior there. So like, you kept it together and, and helped helped us get across the finish line. What do you remember about maybe a Spring Break there? Oh, for Cam. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Cam had a, Cam had a rough night. Um, I think he fell asleep on the beach. Yep. Uh, probably not, not in like a bad way. Like he just went down there to, to fall asleep or whatever the case is. Um, I woke up the next day. Cam was obviously my roommate. Uh, and spring break for us had quite a few, uh, football players on it. And I was a freshman. Cam was a freshman. And they were senior guys, uh, so I came out, and I found Cam down at the beach. And I was, like, one of the last guys to get up that day, I think. Uh, and I remember getting Cam up, getting him back in the, into, like, a regular bed or whatever. And here I was, this, like, you know, 186-pound wide receiver freshman with these, like, senior dudes. And I was pissed. 
Yeah. Because I was just, I was pissed that nobody, I mean, just like, I mean, I'm a Marine now and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But like just accountability of like, hey, where's one of the guys? Like someone's missing. Yep. Um, and nobody looked into it. And I got, I got real heated uh, at the, at the senior guys. And I think, I think Pick, Pick was there and he was like, he was like, oh shit, uh, Mike's mad. <laughs> like he's yeah. fucking mad. How'd they all take that as a group? I, I think they were like, hey man, relax. Like he's okay. And I was like, yeah, he was okay this time. You know, like, what about, I mean, I got it. We all like to go hard in the paint and all that stuff. Uh, I, I think they, they got the point. Um, yeah. And they probably laughed it off a little bit just because of where I stood on the totem pole, if you yeah. would, at that time. Um, I, faintly, I, I faintly remember that, yeah, hearing that story in the aftermath of it. So, I mean, yeah, I, obviously I, it wasn't I there. And that, that was you all sponsor, like, parents yeah. group, right? Yep, that was, that that was, was a big group. sponsor. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, a. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great trip. Um, had, had a blast. And again, like debauchery happens. Like we all get it. Um, but I just remember being like, Hey, you just like somebody, did nobody look for him to see? Yeah. And maybe it was just me. Maybe it was my fault. I don't know. No, no. I mean, it definitely tells a lot about Mikey, right? And I'm sure that type of theme will come up throughout the rest of our talk uh, inadvertently, but, um, okay. So. Here's another one. For those that don't know, Mikey is the award winner of a Purple Heart. Uh, when I heard about it, I started calling him, instead of Sticky, started calling him Forrest Gump. Because uh, he got shot in the butt. Um, That's right. And Cam's, you know, he's like, you know, Mikey's so nonchalant about stuff, cool, calm, and collected. I heard about, you know, his, his injury, and I give him a call. I'm all concerned. And, you know, you pick up the phone. I was like, yeah, shot in the butt, dude. Like, it's all right. Not a big deal. And uh, <laughs> so that calm, cool, never lost your temper type of uh, attitude kind of uh, transcended there. Like a cam where, hey, that's probably the first time I've ever said transcend, transcendence or transcended. Uh, yeah. So, so it's our, this whole thing's already paying off. See, what do you remember about, I mean, tell us, tell us about the, the butt wound. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll try to give you the abridged version. Um, but uh, Afghanistan, I've actually screwed this up so many times that I get it wrong. It was like it was like July seventh of either thirteen or twelve. Um, I'm the same way. I, I I couldn't tell you I'm somewhere back the there. Yeah, somewhere back there. Um, I was on uh, like a two day mission um, to actually go as an artilleryman as, to go fix a, a comm tower uh, because this Afghan national. Uh, army unit you were on an advisor team right yeah i was okay. i was on an advisor team and in this particular case I, I actually like joined my sister team i was like an augment to my sister team Got just it. because i was the only dude that was that was savvy with like calm at the time um and i had to set up if you remember this is like bringing back tbs stuff or whatever um like setting up an hf antenna that's a big pole like that a, goes up with the wires like a double dipole yeah. thing that you, you, have, you have to put together at the time uh, i could do that kind of stuff um so i had all this gear and i, I was like a one-man calm fixer for this one thing <laughs> so I, I get out to that that place i get to the antenna and literally the uh, afghan national army was just on the wrong frequency beautiful antenna it was in perfect shape they were literally just <laughs> on the wrong frequency. so the whole purpose of me going on this this mission to to fix an uh, antenna Required a channel switch. I literally 
like flipped the knob, like did a radio check and it was up and up and running. And I was like, well, my job's done here. Um, so that evening, uh, our little fob that was an Afghan national army fob, uh, <clears throat> came under attack. Now I say that from a, like a, not like hot and heavy. We caught some pop shots. Um, and then it started to pick up a little bit. And actually in my nonchalant, nonchalant laziness, um, I was, <laughs> I was sleeping in my bag. I got out of my bag, stepped into my boots to pull my pants up. And I was tying, I was literally bending down to tie my boots and I just caught it kind of right, right in the butt. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I know, I'm uh, laughing was, about it, but dude, that thing yeah, moves yeah. over a little bit. It's your, your artery. Yeah, and... No, I mean, I, I certainly, and, and I'll, I try to, I try to be serious when serious it, it needs to be or is warranted. Um, I got really lucky. Um, there's, yeah. there's no doubt. And, and I'm, if I, if I get the opportunity, I'll talk about my thoughts on all that kind of stuff. Um, but you guys know me. I'm no different than any other guy. Uh, I just happened to catch one, right? Yeah. Um, and it's hilarious because I didn't think that that's what it was when it happened, right? I thought it was a ricochet or like a rocket skipped up and hit me. Um, it certainly hurt. But like I always say the best way I can equate it is if someone took a wet towel and really like, you know, spun it around and really just wound up and gave you a good whack. <laughs> Uh, like that, that pain where you're like, ow, but then it kind of goes away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep fine. Good. I had to ask that in the opener. I'm done now. Uh, Mike Matthews, let's go start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked yesterday briefly, uh, about how I think I have, I mean, not that my perspective is any more unique than anybody else's. Um, but, more from the side of, you know, people like the Drydens. Uh, man, I, hold, I had a whole list of brothers in my head before I came here. Now I'm forgetting them. Who else, who else had brothers? So it was the Drydens had family. Drydens uh, are the only other ones that I knew of. I think the other names that you had were, was it maybe Wimsat? Well, like, the Wimsats, yep. Yeah. That's another one. Uh, so there's, oh, the Chases, right? Chases, okay. Um, and, and there's more and I'm going to forget them and, and I apologize to them if they hear, it. uh, but there's a lot uh, of, of folks that go through this, that, that have older brothers. So because of that. Yeah. I remember when I went on my recruiting, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut into you what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. It's just what I do. I'm really good at that. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing your brother, Sam on my recruiting trip, like, and his, uh, he was, a he just commissioned as a Marine, right? He was a TAD or GA ben. or sorry, ben. ben, my bad. Yeah. Ben. Um, well, yeah, I should. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, like what a way to welcome um, a group of recruits than a Matthews brother. So you can keep going yeah. now. That's all I have for, to say. For better, for better, for worse, right? Right, uh, yeah. Probably some pros and some cons there. A lot of pros. Um, but yeah, I think so. So because um, I have two older brothers, Ben, that, uh, and I, I keep getting this wrong. He would have graduated in 2004, but probably his last season was 2003, I think. Why I could I could have that wrong? Uh, well, you know how we're our last. I don't know. I'll, I'll just keep it to like he graduated two thousand four, and then Sam was Mickey Okayus's class. Okay, so that would have been the two thousand seven class. Got it. Um, so having perspective, uh, I go back to, I mean, probably nineteen ninety nine was the first time I went to a blue gold game. So you already knew what Navy was in nineteen ninety nine. 
Yeah, right. So like my perspective of what Navy football was, uh, was when Ben was 0-10, dude. Like when Navy was bad under Coach Weatherby um, right before PJ got there. Um, I remember going to that game. That was back when, dude, that was back when Navy had grass. The most beautiful grass you'd ever see, by the way. Like Navy's grass stadium was the best grass probably in the country. Yeah. Um, the, the back of the end zone wasn't built out. Um, and I'm, I'm just reminiscing a little bit, but like my sponsor brother, who's the oldest sponsor brother in our, like my sponsor brother's long lineage, um, flew over the TCU game so low that it changed the way that flyovers are done in Annapolis. <laughs> if, you, if you Google the TCU Navy flyover, you'll or YouTube it, you'll see a flyover that's literally inside the stadium. Nice. I'm, I'm going to write that down right now. Yeah, it's insane. So recommend that. I'll, I'll drop it in the chat. It's crazy. Uh, and that was our sponsor, brother. Um, cool. What's so my perspective coming in, uh, Mike Kenny. Mike Kenny. I think he, he retired or a reservist colonel, uh, F-18 pilot. Cool. Um, so coming to Navy, I had already been taught through it. I've already seen it. Um, and I'll kind of fast forward to what my recruiting experience was like, because I remember when Dale Pearson was in my house for Ben. But by the time it got to me, and I, I want to say he was the one that recruited Sam as well. Uh, but by the time it came to me, I think – Dale had moved up to coordinator. Yeah. Like the cool, well, he, he'd moved up to like the bigger regional guy or whatever. I don't know exactly how that works. Um, my, my watch is going off from like Bobby Doyle and all these guys texting me. You know, they're all awake now um, <laughs> talking about Rams. Cause it was so good. Um, so Munkin was my recruiting coach. Awesome. And Munkin came to the school and I wasn't there. For those so, that don't know, Munkin is now the Army head coach, and he's just the Army head coach, and he's crushing it. Yeah. So I was up, I was up at a school in uh, northern Pennsylvania. I think it was Mercyhurst, small school in Pennsylvania that was looking at me for for recruiting. And my dad and I were like, "Ah, let's just go up there and take a look, right?" Well, that just happened to be the day that Munkin was in town to come talk to me. So I get a call from Ben, who at the <laughs> time was the TAD coach. Yep. Um, which I have another story for that, but, uh, he's like, Hey man, where are you? And I'm like, I'm up at Mercyhurst. And he's like, Munkin's at the school looking for you right now. And I'm like, well, man, did you call me beforehand to like, tell me he was coming? Yeah. You know, like thanks to the coordination here, I would have absolutely stayed and rescheduled whatever. Um, so that didn't happen. (laughs) Uh, the other thing that I laugh about is like, imagine this experience. And, and I don't know how many guys had this is like, you get a call while you're in high school of like, Hey, there's a, there's a coach on the line or something like that. We need you to come up to the eighties office. I don't know if that happened for anybody else. Uh, All my coaches on the line were at my house. Okay. That was it. So I got called out of class in high school over the loudspeaker, like from the principal's office or whatever. That says, hey, can you send Mike Matthews up to the AD's office? Uh, First Lieutenant Matthews is on the phone. Oh, goodness. Because it'd be Ben. Yep. And he'd be like, I'm just going to call him out of class. And I would get, I would like walk all the way up there, right? So he'd get me out of class. But you can't do that. Watch. 
Yeah, I know. That's yeah. a Matthews thing, I think. Like so, so I get up there and I'd be like, I'd be like, "Hello, this is Mike," and he'd be like, "What's up, asshole?" or something like that. You know, like just something like an older brother would say. Yeah. Uh, he would ask me about three questions, which was usually great. So he's like, "Hey, what's what's your SATs?" And I was like, "Hey, I'm still prepping or whatever." I was like, "This is what I have so far." And the final conversation with him and I was, I think I had, and I won't even say the score because it's so embarrassing. Um, I had enough in math to meet the wicket to get into naps. Yep. And he'd be like, he was like, dude, you got it. He's like, you're in. So now, now it's up to you. Like whatever you want to do very much in Ben's way of like, Hey, it's on you, dude, your yep. call. Like you're, you got the, you got the grades to do this. You're, you're going to have to go to naps. Uh, so, you know, I eventually pulled the trigger and said, that's what I was going to do. So that was me getting recruited, which I, I think is unique from the side of like your own brothers recruiting. Yeah. Um, but I remember having, an, I distinctly remember having a conversation with Ben of like, hey man, I, I hope you're not recruiting me just because I'm your little brother. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate yeah. that. But, and he was like, no, your, your name is on the board. Like, you're up there. Uh, and that was something that was important to me is that I made it, uh, and I'll, I'll probably hit this theme throughout, is walking the line of like, am I completely following in my brother's footsteps, which I'm very proud of, 100%. Um, but am I making it my own my, path? Right. Yeah, did I make yeah. it my own? Um, which I, Marshall and I had conversations about this uh, throughout our time there, but you know that that's important to me, um, and I'll, I'll get into it into my own Marine Corps career uh, later. But what made you that make that decision? Thing. Like other so here, so here you're contemplating: Am I following my brother? Um, is this really what I want to do? Is there something that made you like I'm a hundred percent all in on this because? Uh, this is what I want to do. What is that this for you? Like, yeah, what made you want to go? It was really simple, dude. It was the dudes. And and that will be my theme throughout this is uh, the friendships that Ben had, the, the how tight my brother Sam and Mick were, uh, and how tight Ben and, uh, I mean, a, a, a slew of guys. Um, and they're all, they're, all their names are escaping me at the moment. But like Shane Todd, um, Travis Mannion, uh, like all those guys that were just great dudes. Brendan Looney, like they, Ben used to talk about Looney and his roommate Chief and uh, like all these guys. And I got to meet him. And that's all he did was talk about those guys. Because of that, that was it. It was really simple. Okay. Um, so, so like football was great. It was your tribe. But like that was your type of tribe. Dude, it was the tribe. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's the tribe. 100%. Okay. Got um, so it, interesting from that like standpoint is so me coming in and, and I have like listened to everyone else's podcasts um, and it's weird because football was important to me. I loved playing, um, but like the dudes were always, because that's what I had. I had a brother that left and by the time he was done, he was like, dude, that's the most important thing. That's it. He's yeah. like, no one's going to care about the football, which is not true. Like we still wanted to win and like all the things. And I think we did all that. Um, but he's like, that's, that's the takeaway. Like, that's the thing, um, yeah. which wouldn't trade it for anything. Right. Like that is true. Like he nailed it. Uh, and I, and I think it was, it rung true throughout. Um, but that's why it, I'll, I'll get into it. But I think that that's the reason you go. I mean, that's the reason we do most things. Uh, and I'll, yeah. I'll talk about that later. So anyways, go to naps. Uh, and I, I'm going to try to, because I have, I showed you the list of notes that I have. Uh, try to talk about things that I remember, okay. like my memories, 
um, throughout. Uh, and I think, Tony, I think the first time that we met. We first got think, there, right? Right off the airplane. You were one of the first ones? I don't think so because we no. drove up there. Oh, no, okay. Could have been that. I think, and it's going to sound trivial and funny, it was one of two places. It was either in the next parking lot, because right when, if you remember, right when we like graduated, whatever that like yep. camp was, we were allowed to go get dipped for the first time. Yep. And there was a bunch of us that like fled to the PX <laughs> to go get dipped. Um, so I either met you in the parking lot there or. I met you downtown Newport when a bunch of us went out, and I think we were in our khakis because we had to wear them. Uh, and you were, and I think you bummed at them. Yep. It's, I it's didn't start. I didn't start until Naps. So I don't know if I was straight out the gate running for dip. At, you know, right yeah, when we were that, allowed that, to. I think I got into it because of Mike Matthews. I think that's how that I, happened. I hope that's not true because I know that I'm the I'm the victim of a couple people. Which uh, it's all good. I, back. I'm done. I'm like I, I haven't touched it in two years. So. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm on the precipice here of pulling the trigger to stop this thing because it's so stupid. Um, anyway, so so that was a big NAPS uh, thing for me. I also have written down the NAPS hoops games. Dude, yes. like that's one of my favorite memories. Yep. Like, what a competitive game. Um, watching Darius Terry, like, did, did it, you remember him dunking? His, yeah, his vert was crazy. And this is a guy, I, like, I don't remember how tall he was. I mean, he was yeah. one of the, you know, from a height standpoint, one of the smallest guys on the team. Yeah. But he could, he could, pro I think his squat weight was above like 95% of the team. Yeah. I mean, just Mighty Mouse, dude. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I remember doing, I remember playing basketball because we were, first we got there, we all went out and spent our money. And then eventually we figured out really quick that you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and so we would spend Fridays and Saturday nights staying and playing hoops. And, like, I would go back in time right now to do that. Like, yeah. that was awesome. Because um, we had competitive games. Uh, yeah. And they were fun. And I everyone get, was good. I get scared now doing that. Like, I get well, scared yeah. when I'm, like, you know, at the YMCA and shooting some hoops. And, like, oh, I need to calm down a little bit. I'm trying to get too excited. Yeah. I'm going to hurt myself. A hundred percent. Yeah. I can't I can't look at basketball without, like, thinking about rolling an ankle now. Um, so that, that was a memory. Um, I, I remember Nay Hall, like staying Friday and Saturday nights, like staying late in Nay Hall and just chopping it up. Um, that's the stuff I remember. Um, I remember drinking at the tower. Yep. The castle, uh, the castle, great time. And again, that was one of those things that Sam and Sam did that before us. That was the only reason I knew about that is that was, that was a legacy passed on from my little brothers of like, Hey, when you get there, this is what we did. This is where we went to go boost. <laughs> um, for better, for worse, I think we, you know, we had a good time. Um, and then I got a, I got a ton of things, um, from just Matt Nishak, uh, who I think I was one of the few guys that was able to get under his skin so quickly, mm -hmm. um, which I love doing. Uh, but Matt was, <laughs> that's such a great dude. Watch it. Remembering Matt Nishak saluting with the wrong hand and getting destroyed by someone uh, in between, what was that, Nay Hall and the barracks, whatever. Yeah. Um, hilarious. Remember seeing Nishak, Nishak having to, to do peekaboo, I see you one, sir. Peekaboo, I see you two, sir. Because it got caught. Um, I think he went up to like 150, dude. Watching his face be bright red still has been so great. Y'all were in the same platoon then. For same Inbox, platoon. Yeah. yeah, I think we were one or three, one or something like that. Yeah. Uh, 
just just hilarious. Uh, and then I, I think back to the you know the that's that was actually when I was probably the closest to Blake, um, because Blake was in in my platoon. Um, yeah. Which I'll, I'll get into the football side, but Blake and I became close in the platoon uh, at the time, uh, just because like. Blake wanted to do well, uh, and I think he was looking for friends. And our, our platoon didn't really – we had good dudes. It was like me, Brooks, Nishak, and a couple others. But Blake was kind of alone for a little while. So I just remember roping, roping him in, and him and I went out a couple times together, stuff like that. Didn't you have Jerry, uh, Jeremy Miles in your platoon too? I don't – I thought y'all were roommates. No, we had Tripp. Stephen Tripp. Stephen Tripp. Stephen Tripp. So Stephen, yeah, yeah. Stephen Tripp and uh, and Blake were were close, but I don't think I I don't know what what Stephen Tripp no, did on the. You're week. right. Yingling roomed with Jeremy. Yes, that's right. Yes. Okay. Yes. What what an odd pairing those yeah. two. I'll but get yeah. him on one day. Jeremy yeah. Jeremy's into or he said he would. So yeah, dude. And I got I got stories for days with Jeremy because uh, he was he was our roommate with me and Cam before Jordo came in. Gotcha. Um, so my, I'll, I'll get into like the roommate situation. Maybe that's why I was thinking that. All right, keep going. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, talk about the priors, uh, cams, obviously one of them, um, but Mike P Marco. Um, so check this out. Steve Sifuentes. Yep. Um, is he still sleep on the floor? No, no, he doesn't. But I've had that conversation with him. He's currently at my same command right now. Nice. So we're peers at the same command together. And he's just as awesome, just as great of a dude as he was then uh, to run in Newman and actually be in the same unit with him. Uh, an amazing experience right now. Cool. Um, and I also talk about where Milky and I, obviously, uh, probably my, my best friend, uh, where, we, where we met. And I'm, I think I'm going to get this wrong, which is sad. But I remember it was either Dryden or it was Kurt Snyder that got hurt. Um, and we went and checked on him. And that was the stuff that, that I'll kind of always go back to, to Ben uh, and Sam of like taking care of the dudes, like looking out because you're, you're on a rock. And I remember Ben and Sam talking to me, but it was like, people don't know anybody, you know, it's just like any other college experience, I'm sure. But like, if you want to talk about solidifying friendships and stuff like that is when somebody gets hurt, you're in a new place, you're in a new environment. Um, I knew that coming in, which like I had a leg up on like, let's grab a couple of guys and go stop by his room and just see how he's doing. Um, Cause otherwise you're on an Island and it's, it's mm -hmm. miserable. Uh, and now like the one thing that you came there to do, which is play football is likely over for that season. Yeah. It's probably driving right? Cause he was, he was I, downstairs because of that. Right. Cause he couldn't go I, up the I stairs. Think so. Well, I remember Kurt, I think it was driving. Um, Austin, Austin would know. I, I don't remember, but it was. I remember being like, "Hey, man, you want to go check on this dude?" And he was like, "Yeah, I think that's the right thing to do," which like is is Austin in a nutshell, right? Yep. Um, so, so those are those are like a couple memories, and then the last one I got to talk about before we move on from naps or into football for naps is uh, the New York City trip. Yep. You remember that one? Uh, we had a few of them. Uh, sparked my memory. <laughs> Spark my memory. So we I remember drinking your your uh, dip cup one time. And I'm pretty sure that was New York. And Oswald was driving. Maybe is that where you're going? No, 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 this was this is the one that I think we went down. We went down as a class. Like the whole the whole Naps class went down, and then we stayed at 
Nishak's aunt's Yes, apartment. okay. Yep, awesome. Right? And, and it was like Fleet Week, I think. Yep. Um, and we, we just rode, rode bikes through uh, that uh, park yeah. there, the whatever. Yep. What's it? Central Park. There you go. Yeah. Great time. But I remember us being pretty banged up during that, that experience. That was good And time. then taking the train home. Yeah, it was a uh, good time. So those are... Those are things, that, and I, I'll keep this trend kind of going. Is like across the board, I had great memories. Like, and I, and I think I was pretty because I had older brothers that talked to me prior to. Um, I they, was pretty present during. They kind of like, gave you the hey, soak this up, right? Yeah, Be the sponge. Yeah, don't you know? Kind of like how we're talking today about it. It's like they gave you lessons learned, right? Like, hey, yeah. this is an experience that I maybe took for granted or didn't really think a whole lot about, but that's important, right? Yeah. And I, I always say about my brothers in general is like, I had an experience where I had Ben on one hand and Sam on the other hand that could, like really did forge two totally separate paths um, with all of their mistakes and triumphs and all that stuff. Um, and I got to stay right in the middle of both of them. Yeah. Because I got to learn and take like the good nuggets, um, you know, but that, that created uh, a little bit of that thing that I spoke about earlier is like, am I doing this for me or am I just picking up the pieces, the good nuggets only of my brothers and not really forging my own path? Um, and I would say that to, to a greater extent, that's still true today, but. Would you say I, it's I'm made you a better person? A hundred percent. So then there's no regrets I mean, just, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, two awesome brothers to have and then to, to be able to like just even where they failed to be like, yeah, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. not a good way to go, turns out. Um, so anyways, uh, got hurt at Naps, um, uh, smoked my ACL. Spent, was that on a kickoff? A <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you first, weren't even, you weren't even cutting season. real hard. Or was it a cut? Uh, I think I was just avoiding the first line. Like okay, I was making so a, a cut, cut on the first line. Yep. Which is interesting because I think it, I've obviously thought about it a lot looking back. I think I actually partially tore it during um, the boot camp. Uh, Remember those like frog relays that we used to do? Like you jump over the guy in front of you. Yeah. I remember doing that and landing in like a deep squat once and feeling it like not feel good. Gotcha. Um, and that was the same knee that, cause I didn't, you're right. I didn't do anything, but that's also how you tear ACLs is, is change directions quickly and, I probably just planted my foot on that turf and it, it didn't turn. Yeah. Um, so smoked that, that year because of that. Um, spent a lot of time in the, in the trainer room because of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, to, to me, naps was, naps was fun, man. Like, and it, it, and it was fun because it sucked, right? Like, and I think we all say that same thing. It's like a lot of this is, is built because it was miserable. Yeah. Um, but I knew it was miserable coming into it, but I knew it was a, an experience worth having. Um, so again, going back to that, being present and, and remembering all the things that were important because I, I kind of was given a heads up of like, hey man, this you're going to hate this. And, and a lot of it comes from Ben telling stories of like his favorite stuff were the most miserable times. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's something that rings true with that across the board. Um, so that was that. Then we get the, we get the Navy, uh, Plebe year, and again, the memories come. Um, do you remember us all having to run for, for picking up our cell phones? No. Right out of plebe, plebe summer? Mm -mm. 
So I think, you know, you, you, they take away your phones. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. So, yes. so they left them on the, it was Blake. On the duty desk. It was me and Blake. It was you and Blake. Okay. Blake. Yeah, yeah, I, remember I, was that. Just, I was definitely guilty. Uh, me and Blake. And then Hamilton came out and he was like, if you have your cell phones, I remember. fucking go get, go get them right now and bring them to me right now. Which, <laughs> like now looking back on it, the image of us getting cell phones early is so bad um, for the team, for everyone. And I know he was just doing damage control and he ran the shit out of us. Yep. Um, sounds so like was, uh, sounds like Ricky Bobby story too. Right, right. So that was the other one, right? So the Ricky Bobby story, um, and that was our, I think our plea year as well, right? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, because we were um, it was a JV type of meeting. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was the JV MVP award. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. For those that don't know, the the JV MVP award, someone wrote Ricky Bobby Doyle. Um, as a joke, because the uh, Talladega Knights was hot at the time, Paul Johnson comes down, gets all pissed off, says, "You think this is funny, mother? You know, yeah. s- suckers." Yeah, yeah. And we went out and ran. Uh, it was nighttime uh, in the dark on the practice fields. Uh, that way, you know, uh, no one from the hall could like understand that we were getting our, uh, you know, our stuff pushed in. And uh, yeah. that was a that was a PJ call right there, and, and, yeah, and rightfully he- so. Do you remember when he would he would he would say it out loud? He'd be like, "If you ain't first, you're last, motherfucker," or something like that. He, <laughs> oh yeah, he had it. fun he with it, man. Yeah, yeah, he knew it. Uh, Thanks, so, Bobby, or who was it? Was it yeah. Chad that wrote that? It was. It was definitely Chad. It was one hundred percent Chad that wrote that, um, which is funny. I think. Uh, I think warranted in, in our kind of dark humor that you have when times are tough. Um, so yeah, so so great time there. Um, and then, you know, obviously, I so I got hurt, which I'll, I'll I'm going to give uh, Clint some more uh, some more jabbings because he's the one that dislocated my shoulder sophomore year. Yeah. Um, so I think Clint's got like a pretty high body count yeah. on the team. His his um, uh, body mass to impact ratio right there. Don't shot out of the cannon in whichever direction. Uh, dude, friendly fire. Cute, yeah. Dude, I, and I love Clint, um, and I gave him I gave him crap the moment it happened. I was pissed at him when it first happened, but at the same time, knowing Clint, um, there wasn't a play that he took off. There wasn't a play that he wasn't going 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember it distinctly. It was like we threw a, uh, like a little uh, running back like leak out of the backfield doing seven-on-sevens, and I had a good angle on him to go block him, and I was trying to you know make the roster like everybody else, so I, so I fitted up on him. He drove me all the way out of bounds. And then threw me down, and I just happened to like catch my shoulder in a weird way, and it popped out. Mm. Um, and then Clint got hurt that season too. So then it was me and him sitting <laughs> next to each other <laughs> in the training room the rest of the year. So I was like, I wouldn't be here right now, <laughs> you know, like just giving him a hard time. But yeah. he was playing ball. That, that's the bottom line. I would I would never actually uh, call him for that. But um, yeah, yeah. So so sophomore year was hurt, um, and then the rest of the, the rest of the the years, I mean, really just played scout team um, and loved it. And I'll get into it, but absolutely loved the scout team. Um, mainly because, and I'll catch heat from probably a whole slew of people on this, Navy's offense is not always fun to play for, bottom line, especially as a receiver. Um, and I'd look over at like guys like Nick Henderson who, did, you know, give credit where credit's due, like grinded every day for probably all four years. I don't know how many years he played, you know, on the, 
or traveled or whatever was on the, the actual getting reps with, with the ones and twos and threes. Um, but to be in that position where I was over at, like just running routes against you guys and having a great time. Um, so I was, I was thinking back through stories of um, scout team days and there's, there's two that come to mind uh, that, are, that are awesome that I think go to uh, – one was Coach Jones. Oh, Coach Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, and this is, this is Coach Jones and it's uh, Schaefer. So, if you remember, uh, probably earlier in camp, but once you, once you get to the outside backers, the kind of daily grind with individuals, we did angle tackle every day. Yep. Right? And being a scout team guy, you are the ball carrier for the angle tackle. And Coach Jones used to make us stand straight up and down <laughs> in the most vulnerable position possible. Yeah. Um, and run at run like jog at an angle so that they could come in, get their head across, all, all the things. Um, Tidwell, Mahoney, Ram, I mean, you name it, all these guys would come in and do this like nice, gentle fit up, is what I would call it, right? Mm-hmm. And then here'd come Craig and he would just ear, ear hole the shit out of me. <laughs> and I'd be like, Dude, I'm in the most vulnerable position ever. And then if you, like, kind of ducked into it, Coach Jones would get pissed and, like, make you do up-downs or, like, yell at you or something like that. I'd be like, this is, like, unsafe, man. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but we always got our retaliation because right after that, we would go into, like, a 10-yard open field tackle. And if they missed the tackle, they had to do up-downs. Yeah. I'm like, I don't I care. I hated you open are. field tackles. I was so bad. Yeah, at dude, you put you put me in open field with anybody. I'm gonna make you miss. I'm yep. sorry. Like it's gonna happen because it's hard. It's very difficult. Um, and if you're if you were a dick during the fit ups, <laughs> like yeah, you you were gonna do up. Goes around, like, comes around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second story I have is is a Tidwell story. Who uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to to circle back to him in general. Um, so it was regular you know, scrimmaging stuff that, that we normally did. Um, and I had a crackback block on mm-hmm. or That was the call. I don't know what team we were uh, playing, but it was like a standard pitch outside. The receiver comes in motion down the line. Smacks uh, you in yeah. yeah. So Tidwell's a senior. Uh, I'm a freshman. Um, and I come in motion. <laughs> and I have them. Like, I got them dead to rights. So I slow up. And I just, I hesitate because I'm like, I'm not going to ear hole a starter. Um, I'm not going to hurt a starter. Um, Tidwell hit me so hard that he knocked me back into the pitched running back. Yeah. Um, he was a ball. And that man. was like, he was, he was an absolute monster. Um, and I like looking back on it, I was like, if anyone, there was a dude to fear between Ty Adams and him. Yeah. Those I were was... two guys that I just, I just didn't want to mess with. Because they were different people on the field, like different people. Okay. Um, so those are those are kind of two, and I, I have a ton more. But uh, I love scout team. Um, I felt a part of the team. I felt, uh, you know, I, I get what Jeff was saying as, as a non-contributor. You kind of get that feeling, um, but and, and especially what Jeff was doing, like grinding inside with the with defensive linemen that are just hating their life. Um, but Jeff did it every day, and he didn't stop doing it. Um, and I, I think for us on scout team, whether it was me, um, or, uh, I was going to say Zerb, but who am I thinking? Quarterback. Cor- uh, Joey? Zingler. 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 So like between me, Zingler, those guys, like it got to a point where we were just having fun. Like we just got yeah. out there like, and gunsling and, and have fun. 
Sometimes they'd get a chance to come inside and block you and, and, and Ross. Yeah. Um, and when I got a shot, I took it. Because <laughs> it was fun. Right? Because like, that, that whole experience with Tidwell taught you a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Don't let up, uh, man. But I also knew that, like, I, I had conversations and, and Coach Green, I think he brought in the receivers a lot and was like, hey, I need you guys to, like, look like this. If you're not, you're not doing a good, like, you're not helping me. Yeah. And I was always like, like, at the end of the day, Coach, like, I'm still slow. Like I can't, I can't fake that. Yeah. Like if you want me to, if you want to start the route five, ten, five yards downfield, so be it. And I think we did sometimes where I would, I would start past the ball. Yeah. Because the other team's receivers were so fast. Um, yeah, but what you did well is you didn't waste movement, right? Like I, I mentioned the A to B. I could. Like, yeah, and that's uh, it's kind of like, you know, Dak Gwynn. Some of the best linebackers that don't don't lose their steps was you know obviously I you know I watched that so. yeah um, yeah there's another one that was just even Ray Lewis like the guy's a monster huge that guy can't afford to to waste steps either right one of the best yeah not, not the fastest he was pretty fast though <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah he was fast. yeah well I mean remember when we got to see him practice right and yeah. I still tell I tell Marines about. Ray Lewis and being a Steelers fan, I hate Ray Lewis, right? Like, oh, like just yeah, culturally right. hate him. But watch, watching that dude practice, um, I said, like, if there was anyone in the world that, that had the clearest, clearly the most clearly defined light switch, it was Ray Lewis. Remember how he would just always be yapping all yeah. the practice. And then yep. like when he took his stance, the light switch clicked on and he was just immediately a murderer. Like, yep. That's what he did for a living. He just murdered people for a living. Yep. Um, and watching him practice, he never missed a step. He knew exactly where he was going, and he was flying around. Um, yeah. So, like, there's people that can do that. There's people that can't. Um, but watching him practice, I had a brand-new appreciation for how good Ray Lewis was. Jeremy Miles get to play with him? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to make a note. I'm going to talk to yeah. John. I'm bringing I don't that know. That's a good question. All right. I, I, my, my guess is no. So, anyways, four years, scout team. Loved it. Uh, roommates loved it. Hopefully we get back into that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, then walking away. And then this is where I was going to, you know, peel the onion with you was, was coaching TAD. Yeah. The sprint. I almost and, went there, you, but I was waiting on you to bring it up, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and what an awesome experience that was, uh, pros and cons, like probably a lot of pain associated with that. I know it was for me. Um, but like a ton of growth. Yeah, I um, agree. And has has shaped a lot of the ways that I do things now um, because I felt so terrible after how it went, right? Like, yeah. I think we can both agree that, like, we walked away from that not with a good feeling in our stomach. Um, yeah, no, I agree there. For those that don't know, Mike was the offensive coordinator. I was the defensive coordinator after graduation our senior year. Um, we, we hung back and we – we were coaches for the sprint football team, which sprint football is normal football, everyone, but like like wrestling, everybody weighs into a certain weight. I think it was maybe around that time, 172, 179. So your yeah, linemen are the same size as your linebackers, as your receivers, as your quarterback. So, you know, yeah. defensively, we did a lot of blitzing. Um, <laughs> like a well, lot. Those guys, I used to smoke those guys on blitzes to just – I, I remember telling you, I was like, if you just play the odds, if you blitz every single play and you're taking like the difference between you, Tony Haber blitzing against Pitt 
was there's a 320 pound dude that might be able to forearm shiver you yeah. off your route, right? When you blitz against sprint guys, they're all the same size. So if you're saying that it's a 50-50 shot every single time, like I would take those odds. Yeah. Like blitz every single play. After that, it's all about, you know, how gassed are they after blitzing so much? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bo, I used to blitz him off the edge every time. And once I started yeah. seeing his uh, his speed change a little bit, I'd throw it to the other side. So it yeah. was a good experience. Uh, we lost to Army, you know, that, that year. And I definitely learned, learned some stuff out of that. Could have done things differently. But hey, you live sure. your work. Keep moving. No, and, and I think um, one of the coolest things, and, I, and I'm sure you remember this, because um, I, I always want to give props where, where, where they're due, um, is, is how well Baird did. Yeah. Right? So a def- defensive lineman, uh, scout team, four years at, at on the big boys, comes down and takes over the O-line for sprint. And at the end of the season, what, voted best best coach of the year, I think? Yep. Um, I mean, watch it, watching him work and how much time he poured into that of, like, learning a whole new job um, and just crushing it. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> not to mention all Baird's comments. Uh, yeah. Just the way he talked and talked about everything. Baird Nunn Roberts. Uh, yeah, he's my uh, old he's Baird my other roommate. Baird. I'll get him on here one day. He's now a lawyer. So yeah, or he's in Which the law like, firm office. Again, I think I think that was the trajectory, right? Like he started doing good things then, um, and I'm not saying he didn't do it beforehand, but um, he was like a sleeper. Baird to me is like the ultimate sleeper. Pretty quiet. Um, yeah. Um, and then I I also remember the battle the battles that I had with Jordan Eddington um, because Eddington arguably was more qualified to be the offensive coordinator than I was. Um, and he was coaching the, the running backs. Um, man, was he good, right? Uh, watching him, watching him work was, was awesome on the, on the offensive side. Uh, and then of course, all the, all the other sprint guys that were around uh, just an awesome experience um, to go down to the fleet and then, you know, TBS and then Marine Corps career. So, I'll just breeze through that. Uh, artillery guy uh, did my first stint with 211 uh, out in California. Um, then from there, that's where I that's where I went on an advisor team. Uh, did another deployment in there. But I like, think you and I were kind of well because we went through TBS, you know, together. same time. Um, yeah. We both get orders to California. We both go to California. Um, and then we both kind of—that's when the advisor teams were getting hot, right? Yeah. And, and yep. they, but they, what they do in typically in those situations is, all right, what are the, who are the newer guys that just showed up, or <laughs> who are the turds? <laughs> yeah. And they put them on these advisor teams. Well, that's yep. kind of how the the way that cookie crumbled for us. So, um, and, and I think I went out there just before turd. you, and you were kind of. I think we were there around the same time for maybe two or three months ish. Does that mm-hmm. sound about right? And then I'm out, and then yep. you're there. Um, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, and then a quick side story about that. Um, awesome, like just Navy Brotherhood thing. Um, I can't remember if it was before or after I got shot. Um, I stayed the rest of the appointment. So for context, there, I'm in my hooch uh, in Delaram, Afghanistan, and my door gets kicked in. And standing in the doorway is Andy Lark. Nice. And he's like, "What's up, dude?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> did I need to see your face right now?" Um, so just like one of those cool things that you, you can't make up. Um, but he was like, I think he was running logistics trains somewhere. 
uh, and he was passing through and he was like, I heard you're here. So he just like literally kicked my door in, which was like, oh, it was fucking awesome, dude. Like yeah. of all the things to, to be surprised about um, in a deployment that wasn't necessarily great uh, for me. Like I had good peers. My leadership wasn't awesome. Um, we actually had two guys fired um, while I was there for my like that were senior to me. Yeah. Um, and Andy Lark rolls in. And he's like, what's up, dude? And you're just like, thank <laughs> God. Like just someone with some normalcy. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was, it was great to see him. Um, anyway, so finished that. Uh, then I went to eighth and I, uh, so just like everybody else, I wanted to come back to Annapolis. Um, and you're at eighth and I with quite a few uh, yeah, people so, you can relate with, right? Yeah. hundred percent. So when I was at eighth and I, so when I, so that kind of goes back to Tidwell, I show up at eighth and I at the time as Tyler Tidwell, uh, and Troy Goss of like the leadership team. Um, and then, uh, Berger was there. Yep. So like three football players were already at that command. Um, and then was it because uh, of their height, Montgomery. like eighth and I is notorious. For, I mean, like... yeah, height, <laughs> height plays part of the, like the selection piece. Um, it, it actually, to be honest, like Navy football players, in my opinion, are like the perfect dudes to send to eighth and I, like they're the perfect guys to send there. What? Um, generally team, because everyone's a team player, um, in that job and that mission over there, which is uh, generally to tell the story of the Marine Corps to the rest of like the headshed. And when I, when I say a headshed, that's Congress, that's the SAC, or not the SAC, the, um, the center of how, or excuse me, I'm, now I just sound ridiculous. Um, like the Arms Services Committee, like all of the people that spend money in make the National Capital Region yes. make decisions. Yeah. You're essentially telling the Marine Corps story. Somewhat uh, of a li- liaison. It's. I mean, it's a show. I mean, that's really show. what it is. Okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're marching, but like the show translates into dollars um, or people putting in policy or whatever the case is. And the guys. So part of the part of the job there is you know the marching and putting on parades, which I know we all dodged at the Naval Academy. Yeah. And then we did it full time. Which well, was you were good at that, man. Like even back to naps, like that. We had a rock star gunny. Um, yeah, there was just that, he was all about it. I forgot his name, yeah. but um, yeah, man, you definitely took to that. You were had, you were good at that. Had the horse had the horseshoe and everything. Oh uh, yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, he he that dude would get made fun of today, but um, <laughs> also that haircut was out of regulation. He was right. he was a drill guy. Uh, he was like the yeah. He was like a hundred percent drill and everything. Like that was his thing. Yeah, but I mean, what a what a great. I mean, looking back, like what a great billet for that dude. Um, responsible to probably nobody. Um, but anyway, so eighth and I was awesome. Um, so I get up there, it's, it's Eric Montgomery, Berger, Tidwell, um, Troy Goss. And then in the follow on years, um, Trey Grissom, Bry French, Mason Graham, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Pat McConnell. Um, so all these like studs come out of the woodwork. Um, and we're all there and then seemingly we're, we're like all in the same company together. So we're all like working with and for each other, yeah. um, which was just like a blast. It's like a dream come true. Um, and like part of our job is, like I said, the drill and ceremonies and that kind of stuff. But then the other side was like to go back to the, the bar, like the Marine Corps bar center house and like BS with these, you know, four star generals and congressmen and whatever. So like, if you're going to have dudes that are, that are real folks telling the real thing, it's Navy football guys. 
Um, and I thought anytime they showed up, they, they almost always immediately excelled because um, they could get on board with the drill stuff. You know, they didn't have two left feet. Uh, and then they could talk, right? They were, they were measured men. Um, and I think that that's what made it really cool. Um, so I actually met my wife there. Uh, she PCS'd uh, in there. I met her. We started dating. Um, and then soon after, when What's her name? both of us left, uh, maiden name Lindsay Jorgensen. Uh, Lindsay. She's, she's also a Marine major right now uh, here with me in Japan. Um, so we, we met, we dated, uh, and actually at that point I was going to get out. Uh, I thought I was done. I was actually going to follow her around. Um, and weirdly enough, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but when you put in your resignation paperwork, it goes to your monitor and I happened to know the guy and he actually called me and he's like, dude, you're not getting out. Hmm. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm, I'm, he's like, you're not getting out. I'm not going to let you. He's like, where, where do you want to go? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to start a family. I'm trying to do other things. Um, and he's like, not, not in the arty world. Like, artillery lives in the field. Seems like right, right. So I was like, listen, I, but like, what else do you got then? Uh, and he's like, well, do you have a, do you have a clearance? So I was like, yeah, I got a clearance. He's like, so let's send you up to Cyber Command. Uh, so my wife got orders to the Pentagon. Uh, I went up to Cyber Command. Um, really interesting experience there. Um, that would be, especially I, right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, not a ton I can talk about, but um, it's just interesting from a totally different thing outside of like <clears throat> Fleet Marine Force, uh, standard Marine Corps practices type stuff. Like, um, new, right? I mean, new, somewhat, yeah, I mean like a, it's a new war. It was, when, I, when I got there, it was only 10 years old. Um, so they were still figuring it out. Um, we knew it was going to be important, I, kind of building the playbook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough, too, because it's... Um, just how it's designed is, is just challenging. Um, and I would say that, um, There's, without getting into it, it, yeah. it, gets, it gets complicated. I'm going to, I just saw, uh, a, one of our sprint coaches, uh, Mike McLaughlin, he's mm. got a book he just published, um, I think with someone else and it's on that and he's big into that and he just got it. Yeah. A, so he was, like he PhD was up there. In it. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so Mikey was up there. He was up there when I was up there and I met up with him a couple of times. Um, but I'll tell you what was really cool about that experience is that's the first time, um, while I was up there, uh, Ben actually transitioned up there himself. So I got to work with my brother in like official capacities, um, which was like really cool. Um, uh, and what an awesome experience, um, and to like actually talk shop with what he's done for his career, um, which I won't go into, but uh, seemingly like it was awesome to be able to like trade what what our careers looked like and all that kind of stuff. And so this whole thing of like how I started with Ben and Sam, and then like we're, we're kind of meeting back in the middle, uh, in in you know professionally. Interesting um, how that works, huh? Yeah. So so I think he's I, I actually haven't asked him. I think he's still up there doing that. Um, and it was a good, it was a good career move for him at the time. Um, but it was just like one of the coolest things where I'm like, Hey man, like I would just walk downstairs down to his office, yeah. uh, in, in the middle of the day, like still in, in Marine Camis and at, just one of the cooler experiences. Um, so great tour there. And then now I'm out at, uh, out in Okinawa back to the fleet. Um, and I'm currently the, uh, headquarters battery commander, uh, for 12th Marine Regiment. 
Um, so getting getting some kind of late, I'll call it late command time, because uh, I never got as a captain. Uh, so because I made that weird move going up to Cyber Command, I got to make up for lost time by trying what, to. Do you think out. you really have to make up for lost time, or is it just like a preferable? I mean, if if you look at what what's getting people promoted, I mean, if you're if you're if you're really calling a spade a spade, like you, you need to have command time, uh, yeah. and you need to hit key bill at time. So uh, hopefully, I get an opportunity to to do that as well. Um, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but I, I'm working really hard to, to try to solidify that 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 I that I deserve a shot, just gotcha. a shot at, uh, at a key bill at time um, as like maybe a battalion XO or OPSO or something. Um, to, to get me to the next, to the next thing. Um, but I, I was going to talk about my command right now because I think it's, uh, Go for it. I think it's interesting from the side of if you've ever been a headquarters company commander of anything, uh, you're responsible for a lot, but you have authority over nobody. Yep. Um, so the influence that I have is just that it's just influence. Yep. Um, I have very little authority to do anything. Um, and weirdly enough, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, because I get to solve a lot of problems, um, in ways that I can't just be like, well, I said this, so we're going to do this. Very, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's extremely like, valuable. You know? Right. Right. So like, is it a challenge? Absolutely. Um, I might as well take my rank off and just say, I'm another dude in the bullpen trying to figure it out. Um, so it's it's been fun, um, and I, I heard Clint talk about his command time, and he loved it, and I, I agree with him. It's it is fun, um, and it's it's a challenge. Um, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for our phone call to be interrupted by a phone call of something that's happening. So it's it's Sunday night, and we have Monday off, right? So like, I'm just waiting for the phone call. Yeah. Um, but that then again. Um, problem solving and all that stuff has to go up. And then your action plan to, to solve any of those problems isn't just directive in nature. It's very much of like, how do I influence X, Y, Z people to, to do, you know, what, what we need them to do. So it's, it's been a really interesting thing. So I, I go back to what, um, Jordan was saying in his podcast is like building relationships. When he said people come by the room, something I certainly learned from Marshall, um, along the way was, uh, was like doing the little things, like take care of the big things, and then uh, having relationships with people really gets you so much further. Yeah, like so much further. Hundred um, uh, percent. And then of course, like other mentors, and really a lot of a lot of times, people that are junior to me, like Pat McConnell, uh, is that like you're you're a man first, you're a marine second, and then you're your rank last, right? Yeah. Um, and people people respond to the to the man or the woman, right? Like the man or woman first, and the person they are. Uh, and that served me really well is like, be a good dude first. Um, that's probably like my favorite saying is, is like, be a good dude first and everything else takes care of itself. Yep. Um, so anyways, that's where I'm at now. Uh, I know you're going to ask, so I'll jump to it. Uh, I got one kid, uh, Max, uh, he's two. Um, he's a little meat bat shocker. I'm yep. sure for everybody. Um, and then my wife is due, uh, December-ish uh, for our second, which we're, we're super stoked about. Getting close. Um, yeah, yeah. So she actually was like, hey, you're going to do this. I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. And she's a she's a Marine major. Uh, she's a commo. Um, she works up a division. 
Um, and we're, we're doing the dual mill thing, uh, which is, which is challenging, but, but, uh, also, you know, fun. Gotcha. So that's kind of, that's kind of me to date. Uh, that probably took more time than most people at, you know, it's all good. I'm a talker. You know that. Yeah. Are you ready for uh, a <clears throat> price of admission? Yeah, I think so. Let's do it. So I'm going to botch the numbers on this, but I, this is what I thought of. Um, and, and quite frankly, I looked at it from how did the majority of guys, uh, how, how, how did their price of admission? So I'm kind of speaking for other people, which is maybe not the way you want me to answer this question, but um, I think it has a lot to do with saying yes multiple times. Um, I wrote down saying yes twice. One is, are you willing to go here? And the second one is, is after you deal with the initial barrage, whether that's plebe summer, uh, whether that's first camp, whether that's your first, you know, whatever struggle and continuing to say yes, like I'm in, I'm not stopping. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with staying loyal to like the team, the dudes, um, even when it didn't work out for you personally. So the, the, the name that I wrote down here in, in hyphens was, uh, was Jordan Eddington. Um, as a football player, and I could be wrong, and I, I, sh I, I don't know if I should highlight this, but like someone that was so talented that I think in a way to get changed positions his senior year, whereas like I think if Jordan would have would have played, be back from the beginning, probably would have been you know very competitive in the position. Um, but I, I I'm sure he griped about it uh, internally or to like you know his closest buds, but I never saw it. Right. Like you never saw that, like he was there for the team. Dude was in. Yep. Um, so like, that's the stuff that I think um, that's the price is, is like, dude, like you're just there. You're, you continue to say yes. You continue to show up. You continue to grind uh, regardless of what your role is. Um, and, and that's, that's how I like initially when I heard the price of admission, that's what I wrote down. Gotcha. Um, and I think the, the output of that, is and Tony, I don't know if you can answer this. Who was our best player in the class of twenty ten? Me. <laughs> well, well said. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had to figure well out. Uh, you know, that's when my, my head went first. You, my daughter just came in. She wanted to say hi. Yes, I see her. Hi. <laughs> um, we didn't have one. Well, and if we did, would you have known it? Um. Probably not. A hundred percent not, right? I think about the guys that were really good. Corey, Bobby, uh, Ross. Did they act like they were the best player on the team? No. No. Never. No, not even once, right? Um, so I think that's the output of, like, that first. Um, and I, I thought about that even, like, it made me go back to, like, we all voted Ricky Bobby Doyle for <laughs> Jamie. You know what I mean? Like, you go back to that. And Bobby has his bravado and all that stuff, but like, there's not one guy that's more loyal to Navy than, than Bobby. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there there, there is, um, and if you put us all in a circle and said, "Hey, pick out the best player in the circle," you couldn't do it. True. Right. So, and I, I think that's um, everyone took the job serious, um, but no one took themselves serious, man. Like that was that was another side, right? Um, we were all like cutting up on each other all the time. And, and I know we, a lot of us, uh, Cam was really important to us, but we busted Cam's balls just like everybody else. Yep. Like he, he got zero slack from anybody. Um, and rightfully so. Um, 
so and I love that. Like I, that's probably my favorite part. It comes down to the dudes um, and making sure that like no one was no one was actually better than anyone else, and no one really took themselves serious um, enough to you know or like too serious to, to make that distinction. It's about the dudes. That's um, how you started this. Yeah, man. It, it's it's always it's always been about the dudes. Um, which admit that immediately makes me think of Corey saying more dudes, more dudes. More dudes. <laughs> Uh, but that, that, that to me in a nutshell was, was what it was. Um, and then I, I find that today, um, one of the things that has made my job, you know, still as an active duty Marine, um, there's plenty of stuff that is absolutely frustrating. I think Cam hit on some of it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I still love the dudes, like Cam's story about, uh, at least the one that I remember hearing in, in our room about his, his meeting with, with Brian Stan um, and all that stuff. is He's like, dude, this dude was just like, he was just a good dude, like a different energy kind of guy. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's a Navy football player. Um, Who's your best mentor? Oh, I, I kind of find them at each duty station. I kind of <laughs> seek them out. Which one's um, been your favorite so far? I don't know. Oh, that's a toughie, but. I know it is. Um, they're usually like, I mean, my favorite Marine Corps mentor to this day, uh, probably be a dude that's junior to me, which is Pat McConnell. Okay. Um, prior enlisted. Uh, he's a, he's a class below us. Um, man, I turned to that guy when I got a problem, like real quick. Why? Uh, when it comes, when it comes to the Marine Corps, when it comes to like life things, it's always Austin. Awesome. Always. Um, so it's, it's usually my peers. Um, and, and to be fair, like it, they were kind of broken up into like what part of my life was I in? Sure. Obviously, four years in Navy was camp. I mean, without a doubt, it was camp. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Cam and Milky. And then once I got in the fleet, it was like who was around? Um, because I have a tendency to just flock to the dudes. Like I can kind of pick them out. I'm like, that's a dude I want to be around. Yeah. Um, and if, and it's not just like being oh he's a good guy. I'm not, like no, this is a good dude. Like diff, it, it sounds different. It is different. Um, so, so I hope why, not. why milky on life? Uh, Austin's always challenged me always. And so, so did Cam. Uh, but he's always challenged me of like, what are you doing here? Like, what's your outset? Like, do you know where this is heading? Yeah. Um, the decisions that you're making. Um, and, and a lot of it, I think it comes down to is, is Austin's also a lot, uh, stronger in his faith. Um, and I've always just, I mean, he's always challenged me from day one uh, of like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, why, why? or, you know, busting my balls about something. Um, and I think we just, we always, we started a, a very fast relationship um, at NAPS and it's just you know, always been, always been tight. Uh, and then McConnell, um, he's another guy that, ch that always challenges me. Yeah. So maybe that's like the trend with that is like people that, the way that I see the world or whatever, that they always challenge the way that I look at it. Um, and typically when I, when I take the course of action that they're recommending, I'm happier, I'm more successful, I'm more efficient, uh, all the things. So it kind of comes out. Um, but those are kind of the dudes that the rest of them, like Marine Corps mentors, I've, I've actually been fortunate to have really good bosses. Good. Um, like really straightforward. And I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, and if they weren't my direct boss, I could usually pick out like, who's that guy. And I would go seek yeah. 
seek the knowledge. Just got, yeah, just seek knowledge of like, hey man, I got I got this going on, or I got this kind of problem, or my wife and I are thinking about this. This is our next move. Yeah. You know, hey, if you do this, then you're not going to set yourself up for that. That kind of stuff. Some rules for being human. You will learn lessons. Number one, two. There are no mistakes, only lessons. Yeah. Three, uh, a lesson is repeated until it's learned. Four, Yeah. if you don't learn the easy lessons, they get harder. Five, uh, you'll know you've learned when your actions change. Um, does that resonate with anything that you're thinking about when you go yeah, seek go back that to guidance? Read three, read three again. A lesson is repeated until it is learned. No, it wasn't that one. It was the next one then. If you don't learn the easy lessons, they get harder. That's the one right there. What does that right? make you think uh, about? Well, it, it makes me think about, uh, so I, I was discussing this with my wife earlier today um, about playing time. Um, so I played scout team. Uh, I was never really happy or I was never unhappy with that decision because I was pretty confident that the guys that played ahead of me were better than I was. Like I was pretty confident in that what I never really went back to um, was yeah okay they were they were better than me in my in my mind um, but could I have worked harder to be on the same playing field as them um, and you guys know you know I, I I partied a lot I had a good time um, I never really put in the extra hours I look I look at guys like Ross like you guys remember Ross peeling off the skin of the uh, chicken cordon blue do you remember that no it's like stuck. With it me. makes sense though. Was it for like uh you know healthy reasons like thinking yeah. thinking about? Yeah, okay. Like he, he wouldn't he wouldn't put bad stuff in his body. Like that dude was so dedicated. Yeah. And it's no surprise that he was just a, a phenom. Like he was a stud, right? Um. I don't know that I could have made myself any faster, but I never really tried. So I say that is like today, um, those what seemingly were easy lessons um i try to get in front of now uh i'm probably in better shape now than i ever was um and it took me the first 10 years of the marine corps i mean i you, you remember you and i talking about like dude i hope i hope they don't take us out on a big run because it's just not something <laughs> right like that fear yeah um i, I, I said it i think with ram is like i was always it was prt time whatever the, the mile and a half yeah. time at i just barely beat it every single time even when we did pft in, in the marine corps yep just, Yep. You know, hey, let's uh, let's go uh, let's go fight, let's go wrestle, let's go CFT all day. I don't care. I mean, I, let's let's bust it out. That long uh, that long thing is just totally yeah. Yeah. So, so and, and by no means am I like a stud at that. At this so point. where are you running a mile at right now? What's your mile time? I, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't um, tell me. It's it's not the for me. It was pull ups, dude. Pull -ups. That was the big thing. Pull ups gotcha. were such a struggle for me. Um, and I was always like, well, I just, I just don't know if it's worth putting in all this extra effort to do three more pull-ups or whatever it was, right? Um, and quite so honestly, much got, more than that, though, isn't it? A hundred percent, right? Yeah. So I got sick of like not feeling good about where I stood, right? Like I, I got tired of being like, why am I like I was a division, quote unquote, a division one athlete, scout team, all American. But like I could run circles around most of these guys, but I can't do I can't do twenty pull ups or now twenty three pull ups. I just got tired of it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I got tired of like just, and it took me I, I kid you not almost 12, 11 years 
to figure that out of like that gut feeling that I would get before a run, before any event, or like if I had to stand up and talk in front of Marines or whatever the case was, it's like I was sick of being unprepared. Um, what what made you feel unprepared now? We where we've discussed the okay, something's off. Um, you know, I know I need to do this in order to enable this success. What happened there? Well, I also think it, it came to like, I couldn't rest on my laurels anymore. Right. So like being an athlete, I could just get away with like, I was fine. Like I could show up and do something. Yep. Um, I laughed when <laughs> we listened to it. My wife and I listened to it right before it was Jordan talking about the story of me waiting until two in the morning to start a paper. Yep. Uh, factually correct. Um, yep. but like that procrastination across the board, um, just like, I just kind of got tired of it. Like I got tired of, and those were like simple little things that the, the Navy or I'm sorry, the Naval Academy school, all that stuff were trying to drive home of like, why, why are you doing this? Could I make it? Yeah. I could stay up. I would stay up all night and bang out a paper. But like, why? Like you're not making yourself better. Um, you're not, it, it just took me a long time to learn of like, like be prepared, man, like get your stuff together. And I would, I would argue that I learned that also through sprint. Um, Sprint also taught me that I, I don't think I, I ever really want to coach, um, even though I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But like I don't I don't like watching film that much, and I wasn't preparing for those games because my like heart wasn't in it to do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like now I like I love like I, I wake up earlier, like I get prepped for the day, like all that kind of stuff is just it's just different. Now maybe that's just a coming of age thing. Yeah. Um, so how how does that look? Hey, tell tell me how you prepare for your day. I want to know. Uh, so, so now with a kid, I get up, um, I'm definitely the first one up. I make breakfast. Um, I, I lay out my, like, weirdly enough, I lay out my clothes the night before. That's not um, weird. I, uh, I make my bed every morning. Uh, what else? Um, usually when I get into work, um, I'm usually, I'm not the first guy there, uh, because there's always the crazies that are there, like stupid, stupid hours. But uh, here in the future, I'm going to have to start dropping my son off at daycare. So that's going to change as well. But I, I would say that, like, I'm waking up. I have time. I'm not rushing to get out the door. Yep. Um, I, have time to, I have time to gather my thoughts. Um, so when I get in, um, typically myself and my first sergeant are the first ones there. Um, which if you talk to, like, Bry and McConnell and Grissom, when I was at 8th and I with them, I was not that way. So it wasn't that long ago. Um, It's just it's changed the way that I, I just do things uh, because I, just, I got tired of not being prepared. When someone comes with a question or whatever the case is, um, I was tired of like the, the stamina that that uh, Jordan talked about. It, it runs out when, when you're not ready to go, uh, and it just takes a little bit of preparation. That's it. I mean, it's not nothing crazy. Gotcha. Um. So yeah. Well, cool. That's that's where I'm at today, which <laughs> I think is milestones better. Good. I had a uh, another question written down here. I, uh, I think it's the perfect time to to say it is. Uh, how do you stay self aware? How do you keep your self awareness? Maybe with relation to that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I just I ask. I I don't mind asking the question and sounding dumb. Right. So. So whether it's my first sergeant, whether it's like my team, um, whether it's like the guy that's even 
evaluating me, um, I oftentimes bounce just about everything. My wife calls me a pull taker. Um, I, I bounce what? everything. A, a, pull? a pull taker. Yeah, like like you, you put out a poll to see what. Ah, I got gotcha. you. Like a survey. You know, poll? So I, yeah. I ask. I often ask a lot of opinions of a lot of people uh, before I do something. Okay. Um, which. My wife is very direct, which I really much, like very appreciate. Like she makes a decision and moves forward, um, which is a an awesome characteristic. And she really doesn't look back at it, which is awesome. Um, I am not that way. I, I have to ask a lot of people before I make a major life event or a decision. I'm typically not doing it in a vacuum, um, yeah. which keeps me self aware of like. And I asked the question, like, hey, does this sound right to everybody? Like, am I crazy here? A high-cost uh, high U-turn. Yes. Right? Instead yes. of a low-cost U-turn. Right. Um, so I, I do that just about daily, which I'm sure annoys people. Um, and then sometimes I just have to make a call. But for, for a lot of times, if I have the ability, I will spend the extra energy asking questions um, and essentially validating uh, before I do something. Um, but because of that, I also, I think set an environment where someone can go like, dude, that's really dumb. <laughs> do do yeah. not do that. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a bad idea. That's good. Uh, and do you listen or a hundred percent? Obviously you listen. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you don't mind you know, sticking, so I, sticking your foot out there looking like an idiot at the end of the day, as long as like the best decision is made, then it's worth yeah. every penny, right? Yeah. Um, and, and again, like, I don't. To be honest, I don't know if that's like what the Marine Corps would tell you is is the is the stoic leader that they're looking at or whatever the case is. I'm like, well, this is the way I roll. So if you guys decide that this isn't it for you, then just tell me. Uh, but this is how this is how I'm going to do business um, until they tell me that that's not what they want anymore. Authenticity, right? Yeah. How about a you got a favorite coach story, or not favorite coach story, but a story about a coach. Uh, a saying, yeah, I mean, a slang I, out there. I still, I still look back at the, uh, and, and it, it, it rings recent for me is, is, uh, cause Shibata was just out here. Matt Shibata was out here uh, and he trained some of my guys. That's what I posted on the, the brotherhood thing. Uh, what an awesome day to, to catch up with him. And he came out and trained some of my guys on, on, uh, you know, Mount, Mount operations. Um, we did some like paintball, some shooting. It was, it was awesome. It was a great time. Um, but Shibata's roast of Coach O'Rourke, in my mind, is still like the best roast I've ever seen. Um, I don't know where that video lives, but I know it was on something. I want to say it was on Facebook for a little bit. Every time I can see it, I watch it. Gotcha. Um, outside of that, um, I'm trying to think. I think like I was around Coach Jones so much, um, and just listening like. Beep, always beeping um i'll tell you from a from a good story uh was was coach speed you remember what coach speed told us like the first game or whatever maybe um about like i can stop a mac truck if i know it's coming yeah exactly dude i still i, still, I, still, I, still, I use that too <laughs> i use that to this day to yeah. this day uh because it rings true and I, like yeah. as a company commander like if i know something's coming i can get in front of it man and yeah. i will, I, will if lay I don't down in front of it if i don't then yeah it makes a if i don't right I usually just say like, Hey, just be prepared to get your ass run over. Um, but yeah, that is, I mean, coach speed uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, God, was he just, just a Titan. Um, 
and I, I hope he's doing well. I haven't really followed where, where he's at. Uh, I think we're, we're all like, hey, maybe one day he's going to come back um, yeah. and take over. But um, just that dude, that dude's just the epitome of a war fighter right there. I think anybody would play for that guy. How about um, a, how about another one epitome? Uh, Tidwell, go back to Tidwell and talk a little bit more there. Yeah, um, dude, I, I'll say so. When, when I showed up at Eighth and I, Tidwell was was like a force. Um, was a force there, um, and it just like a radiating personality. Um, and he was always like, "Hey, man, come, like come on by and like chat, right?" Like his door was always open. And I don't know if that was just the Navy football player, but from what I understand, that that wasn't just me. That wasn't that was everybody. Anyone that's been, you know, like that's had a opportunity to work, play whatever with Tyler Tidwell is like he, he was a Titan, right? Like absolute Titan. Um, and I remember like, I got a, I got a good buddy that's, that's still playing chess. Um, so, so Tyler apparently can play chess on his, on his like board, that yeah. like iPad thing that he has attached to his chair. For, for the audience, can you kind of describe what he's got going on there? I, I forget the technique. Yeah. You're going uh, you're gonna to put me on the spot now. Uh, I couldn't, I, I want to say it was ALS. Am I, am I crazy? Does that sound familiar yeah, to you? I think so. Um, so yeah, from what I understand and, and I'm certainly not the, the guy, um, but he had, he had some moments where he was having trouble talking in front of his guys. Um, and then I'm just going to skip right. Like he was eventually diagnosed uh, and it materializes very rapidly. Right. So um, Tyler's living in a house that I, I believe our team and, and some other big donors really hooked him up uh, and got him situated, but he's sitting in his chair. Uh, I don't know that he can, um, move his arms or legs that, that well. Um, but he has this iPad attached to his, like I'll call it an iPad, but he has this computer attached to his chair that I think tracks his eyes. Um, and I got a good buddy that, uh, that's like an avid chess player. And he's like, I talk to Tidwell all the time, still to this day. And he's still sharp as a whip. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing that like people forget about Tidwell is like that dude was smart, yep. smart, or I should say he is wicked smart. Um, so he still plays chess against Tidwell, nice. <laughs> like right now, and he's like, "Yeah," and he's, he's wiping the floor with me. <laughs> yeah, and he was that's like, cool. a, he "That's was a cool ultimate, story." Uh, ultimate competitor. Um, so I wasn't there when they played it. Uh, it's really interesting. At Eighth and I, we play this thing every year called the Oyster Bowl. Um, it's just okay. a, it's a flag football game, um, and with all the Navy football players there, uh, the year I played, Troy was my quarterback. Troy Goss. We were running, yeah, Troy Goss was my quarterback on my team. We just happened to get selected on the same team together. And we were running legit Navy routes in a flag football game. Yeah. But, like, on the other side was, like, other football players, right? Yeah. Um, and the stories that I heard about Tidwell during that game, just hawking people, like, all over the place. Because it gets – it's obviously, like, it's, it's all officers um, – and it would get brutal yeah. because it's like you, you had to have three down linemen, I think. I mean, it gets brutal. Um, Any broken bones? I mean, every year. Good injuries? Yeah, every year someone – so I want to say that when I was there, Trey Grissom, like, laid out uh, Bry French. Um, like, laid him out, uh, which was probably not the right move in a flag football game. Um, but watching <laughs> even Bry and Trey, like, zip around. Yeah. Uh, Bry was – 
You know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with Bry French, um, but yeah. man, he was a he was a freshman that had some playing time as a linebacker. He wasn't extremely yeah. huge. I remember watching him after the fact, but yeah, really fast, real sharp kid. Um, sure, there was a lot of potential there. Bry's a man amongst men. So is Trey. Um, so is Mason. I mean, these guys like it was weird having such a strong linebacker core uh, at at Eighth and I. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then and then not only that, again, me being present, I think you know, I think I've been pretty present, just kind of sitting back and watching these guys lead. Yeah. Um, I, I was the EXO when Bry was a platoon commander, when Trey was a platoon commander, um, of like a marching unit, right? Uh, they were still grunts, they were still doing grunt things, but watching these guys essentially work. Um, that's why I say, like, I've been so fortunate to just be in a position to observe like awesome dudes, like awesome dudes. Um, and to take things away from them, uh, that I'll, you know, that I'll have with me forever. Um, just to watch, watch them do, do what they do, um, and be the men that they are. Um, and each of them had different qualities, uh, and different things, but God, they they were fucking good, man. Like good, good at what they do. Awesome. If you could go back and change something, what would you, what would you change? Whether that be um, a direction, a habit, a anything about Mike uh, going through that academy experience? Yeah, I, I think I would have. Uh, I mean, this is going to sound so stupid, but I probably would have just really paid attention to school. <laughs> paid attention <laughs> you know, to school. Just, well, I mean, not like pay attention, but like be be a more active participant than than just than just trying to do the bare minimum to get by. Um, I mean, what what an awesome experience! like our education could have been. Um, I also might've, I ended up doing oceanography cause I was like, I just need to get through this. Um, yeah. I did enjoy it. Um, but I think I could have done one of the engineering things, uh, if I really would have applied myself. And I just don't know that like that was, I mean, again, there's, there's negatives to having brothers that went to the Naval Academy. They were like, dude, just do the thing that you can do. Like whatever that is, yeah. <laughs> just pick that and do that, which is the same thing that all the coaches told us. And, you know, so make it so you board. can so you can pass your classes and still give right. us a hundred right. well, your ninety nine percent dedication, commitment, and focus. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the other thing that's interesting uh, about that, or that I would change, I don't know that I could, because managing a football schedule is like damn near impossible. But um, if, if you get a chance to get um, uh, Taylor on here, I'm oh, sorry, not Arnold. Oh. Yeah, to get Arnold on here. So Arnold had me over. I, I met him. I just ran into him at a, at a, a Nex um, down in Virginia. And he had me over to house for dinner, which, again, like, saw me out of the blue. And he's like, dude, come over. I'm having you for dinner. Right? Like, awesome. Just awesome dudes. Um, and he went back as a company commander. And he tells the story of how he went to as many sporting events as he possibly could have whether it was you know, like women's soccer, boxing, like you name it, the sailing club. Like he, he went to all those things. Um, and he was like, dude, you don't know how much we missed of the Naval Academy just being football players. Yeah. And I don't, I don't regret by any stretch being a football player, but like there's a lot of like cool things that were happening in the background of us yeah. that we had no clue about, like the sports, the clubs, the you, you name it. Yeah. Um, and he was like, as a company commander, I went back and he's like, I made an effort to go to all of those. And I, I think part of me says like, we probably did miss a lot of exposure to those things. Um, yeah. Which is like, you know, 
if, if you and I take our kids back one day, we're going to take them to the locker room. We're going to do the standard like song and dance. I right? did that. Um, but, yeah. but like, did you go anywhere else? Uh, probably not because you don't know anything else. Like, I don't we walked through anything. dry dock to show where, uh, hey, this is where mom and, and dad used to eat lunch on a Friday yeah. when she'd come on and bring some Moe's. Yeah. 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 So that's about it. Though. But he, he, he explained it. I thought it was really fascinating. So once he kind of told me that, and I kind of had a feeling that um, we were so singularly focused on one thing, um, which you need to be to be successful. I, I get it. Um, but there was probably a lot of cool things that we just ne- never really got to see. Um, yeah. That like imagine opening the Pandora's box of everything that Naval Academy has to offer, which is mm-hmm. probably quite a bit. Um, like, wouldn't it be nice to have from three p.m. until you go to bed to go do things? <laughs> yeah. We just never had that. <laughs> that didn't exist. Yep, different type of regimen. I'm I'm very appreciative of that regimen because it kept me. Uh focused on that versus maybe doing something dumb <laughs> sure as well sure. But, but, uh, um, um, tell me about a struggle that you got going on right now some sort of failure what happened what's the outcome of that yeah so um, I, I think uh, kind of giving giving kudos to to you uh, and the other ballers that uh, all have kids um, and, and how hard it is just j- to be a parent, uh, to be an active parent, to, to be a good parent. Uh, yeah. I would say, so I, I have a two year old, um, with a second boy on the way. Um, and just not only that, but like both spouses or say, I shouldn't say spouses, both of my wife and I are working. Yeah. Um, so how do we, how do we just raise our kids? Well, right. Um, very tough. Yeah, and, and and for me, I would say the struggle is, and I know it I, it, it comes through my family. My you know Ben and I have talked talked about this quite a bit. Is um, just not being so angry, right? Like I get mad when my kid just doesn't do the simplest <laughs> thing right, right? Which I know is like I'm sure all the guys are laughing that have kids that it's like it was because we can relate. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's just uh, yeah. so so my life right now is the Marine Corps and my son, and that's it. Like that's it, and my my wife and I is marriage, right? W- which is awesome. Um, but I, I would say that like that's the navigation that I'm struggling with is how do I stay calm when I'm around Marines all day, and I can just tee off on people, and then I have this like this sponge that is watching everything I do, yep. good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and I have bad days just like everybody else does. I get angry. Um, and kids are the worst and the best, right? You know, like kids are just the, the, the worst, uh, they, they can bring out the worst in you. Um, and thank God, like Lindsay's awesome. And she's just like, he's two dude. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm like, he sh- can hear me. Right. <laughs> like he knows what I'm saying. Yeah. He's still not doing it. She's like, he's two. Yeah. Relax. That's the tough, that's uh, the tough, well, that's why I call it terrible twos, right? I mean, that's like sure. a tough, because they're like learning how to talk and they're learning how to communicate. They're soaking it up. They're still po- pushing the buttons and yeah. exploring yeah. things like, like yeah. they're getting into everything, opening up these bags over here and knocking yeah. things over. Well, and, and what's, I think what, what adds to the pressure too, um, and, and you talked about it in the first podcast is like 
everything we see is seeing softer and softer people, right? So, like, no, like, my son will not be that person. Yeah. But, okay, like, how do you do that without yeah. <laughs> without completely damaging this kid? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I'm not running a Marine Corps boot camp over here. Uh, you know, and, and you were talking, and you're sparking a, a memory from the beginning of our conversation. It was at NAPS. It was like, you know... And I was thinking, man, I wonder if we had iPhones back then, would it have been different? Boy. With all these different like social media platforms and stuff. Like, would yeah. I would that have changed my, my my mind about some stuff back there? Like, would I be thinking about things differently because of this outside influence amongst a group that I'm currently in that's gonna, you know, either sway me out of a a tribe, you know, or um, make me challenge some stuff. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. I think, like, you know, I, certainly our parents were fortunate to not have to deal with the added stress of having this thing, which could be an iPad, a cell phone, or whatever, um, that immediately plugs into an information highway of, like, limitless power um, in any direction that the user wants to use or, or go down, um, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, so that you were, you were able to keep the, like the morals, the foundations, like within the household same because you could control typically by people and like what, just the television, what was viewed, heard, told, um, to the children or the siblings of, of that household. Yeah. Um, now you have this like thing that can completely encroach, uh, if, if we let it right. So that's the other side. But if we don't let it, uh, it's not to say that there's negative effects of that. It's just saying that like it's very difficult to fend off unless you close it off completely. Um, and I, I have mad respect for people that are really good at that. Um, and then I, I look at myself uh, and my wife's situation. We're like, yeah, dude, we both work. Like we're tired. We're like sometimes I throw an iPad in front of my kid. Um, I'm not ashamed of that by any stretch. But like, where's where are my mitigating factors in place to be able to combat whatever is coming in? Now, right now, it's super easy because it's like, yeah, it's like kids stuff. Got it. Um, but my kids also like, what's he, you know, he's already starting to like, what's that over there? Like, what is that thing? Um, and it's because I've allowed that to come in, which is on me. Like that, that's no one else. That's no one else's problem. Um, so, so kind of towing the line of that and doing it correctly. It's just a challenge, man. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, so I, I look at it from that side, but it, because of the initial, like, I don't want my son to be soft. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think he will be because I also know his mother um, and she won't allow that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, how do we do that in the correct manner? Um, you know, with God and all the things that, that come into that as well. Um, it's, it's just a challenge. Uh, so that was, I would say, and like, dude, you got kids running around. Like, it's it's just a challenge, dude. Um, yeah. So so, it that's probably my biggest struggle right now is like, not losing, not losing my marbles, not coming unglued. Yeah. Um, it's it's not. There's, there's someone that's, that needs me. Yeah, it's, it's not just a um, a new space for you and your two year old. Uh, I think just um, in general, the environment's a lot. I mean, it's, it's new. It's a new way to yeah. raise a kid right now. Uh, yeah. Especially, well, then, you know. then add Japan to that, right? So, yeah. um, 
you know, that I will, I will stand firm in my feelings about this. Um, be, even though I know there's people that love Japan, they love Okinawa. Um, but it is, it is a challenge with little kids. I think bigger kids are a little bit easier. Um, but with little kids, I mean, like the, the, if you go to the PX, there's food that's just not there. Like there's stuff that's not here. Um, there's getting, getting access to things, which is like a very much a, an American problem. Um, if I ask Marshall, he's going to be like, yeah, he's, he's lived abroad and he's done it and they figured it out. Uh, but for two working parents, like when I go to the store, I need to get something that he's going to eat. And sometimes that's just not there. Um, so those are frustrations, like little, like ankle biter things of like struggles of just being in Japan and things that don't work out, um, as well as they would in the States. Again, it's, it's a whole bunch of excuses, but it's still a challenge. Um, nonetheless. Uh, so all that to answer your question purely, it's, it's just being a dad, dude, like, and, and being a good one, because I think what I, again, love about this, this group of guys is like, like we give, we give a shit about that. Like I care about how my kid turns out. Yep. Like I really fucking care. So when I make mistakes, the first person I'm mad at is me. Yeah. Same. And that's, that's the yeah. hardest part. Like I'm just mad at me most of the time after I've like done something. And it's, it's stupid when I like, I elevate my voice for no reason. And I'm just, I'm like, why? Are you ready I'm for this? Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. Rules for being human. You will learn lessons. Number one. <laughs> Number two. There are no mistakes, only lessons. Number three, a lesson is repeated until it's learned. Number four, that's the one we went back to. If you don't learn the easy lessons, they get harder. Five, Yeah. you'll know you've learned when your actions change. Oh, that's perfect. That just laid right into it, buddy. I didn't yeah, mean to do that. I just looked at yeah. something random. I got this little, so this is, I got this little cheat sheet full of like cool things to say. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I just picked that one randomly, and it just flowed. Look at that. Cool. That's the way it happens, bro. Yeah. Well, you made a lot of notes. Is there anything left on your notebook before we close this thing out? Do you want to yeah. Um, a, couple, a couple things. One is, dude, I just had really good memories. That, that's that's it. Like, I, I think I was lucky to have had uh, people that, you know, my brothers that kind of like gave me a heads up of like, yo, dude, this is going to be awesome. So just buckle up, mm-hmm. um, which is, I'm fortunate, like super fortunate, uh, in that, in that realm. Um, the last thing I'll say is, um, and, and I'm going to leave people out of this, but I, I want everybody to know it's not intentional. Um, so it kind of flows nicely with what you just said before. Um, but I want my sons to be as stoic as Tony Haber. I want them to be as kind and, and giving as, as Ross Pospisil. I want them to be as competitive as Bobby Doyle. <laughs> as tough as Corey, but not Ron. Maybe a little part to Ron from time to time. As patriotic as Hefe and as loyal as Nishak, as good as a friend as Austin.
es, es As hilarious as Jordo and a leader like Marshall. So again, I, I know I, I didn't name everybody. But I, I would take a character trait from everyone. That's pretty good. And it, it really describes your leadership style too. Yeah, man. Think it's about uh, your, uh, how you, it, it's, you're a pole. It's a special group, dude. Polar, right? When you make decisions, same thing. Yeah. Taking the yeah. best of everything, build it up best you, best you can, just like your sons and, you know, humbling to hear those things about, about those individuals. Cause, um, it's crazy how, what a great diverse, team can do as long as they're all rowing in the same direction right yeah yeah and I, I'll, I'll i'll say the closing closing thing is um you know you know when you date somebody uh you kind of want to know what their friends are like like who are their out, outside influences mm -hmm. uh one of the first things my wife said about you know me in this group she's like i've yet to find a bad friend in this group well she hasn't met me yet so <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I think it, it's it's so telling um, where like an easy decision for someone that's never been a part of this. And I think there's only a handful of guys that have met my wife. Um, you know, she's just like me. She likes to have a good time, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but she's like the, she's like the quality of people uh, that you surround yourself with. Um, and and I, I look at it as like I look at the, I feel and I, I'm sure everybody feels this way when you're, you're the bottom of that barrel. Um, but just so fortunate. Um, and I was lucky from the side that again, I, I knew it was coming. Um, and I was like, like fucking sign me up. Like, that's why it was easy for me to say yes over and over again. Um, because, because of that, it's just, it's just the dudes, man. Like, it's really simple. Um, and even in the Marine Corps to this day, like I, I say it all the time, be, be a good dude first. Uh, Everything else takes care of itself. Yeah. Uh, if you just be a good dude first. Um, that's it, man. Awesome. What time is it over there now? Uh, it is 10.54 at night. We didn't do too Perfect. bad. No, not, not bad at all. Um, no, and, and Tony, like, dude, this is, uh, you are taking your time away from your family to do this, which has been, um, awesome for everybody so you're, you're crushing it man uh no i only crush it because you guys are are talking to me so um yeah. you know take a little bit of time of fam away from family to do it uh i got payback though like because i'm taking away stuff from all your conversations that okay maybe yeah I, I need to work on this myself so um it's good stuff dude i'll yeah. uh i'll let you go uh let you get to bed at 11 p.m and uh okinawa japan um, yeah. So don't, uh, don't tell the family hello for me today. Tell them tomorrow. All right. 